0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sosland, and today we are learning Daf Lamit Zion in Masechet Zachim, page thirty-seven. Tanu Rabanan, we read at the top of the Daf, Yodzin befad uV'Srikin One can fulfill one's obligation to eat matzah. On the first night of Pesach, with three different kinds of bread. Uh, Nikia, clean bread or matzah, that is probably white or enriched bread. Hadra'ah, coarse bread or matzah. Or with the third category, which is the topic of our learning today, matzot srikin, matzah with decorative shapes etched into them. The Steinsaltz edition explains that these matzot srikin were a type of Syrian cake that had these shapes etched into them, animals, or other things. Um, But the Schottenstein Art Scroll edition, however, brings an explanation from the Rabbeinu Manoach, a 14th century commentator on Maimonides' Mishneh Torah. Rabbeinu Manoach connects this word srikin to the Hebrew word masrek, a comb the pronged instrument that was probably used to etch shapes into matzah. Apparently, this was a custom in Mishnaic times to etch animals or other shapes into the matzah. This breita states that this kind of matzah was permitted as the matzah shell mitzvah. However, the breita continues in a seeming contradiction. While the matzot srikin, or decorated matzot, are okay to fulfill the obligation of eating matzah, it is not permitted to make decorated matzot on Pesach. According to this Breitah and Rashi's reading of it, making decorated matzot is forbidden, lechatchila, in the first place, as an ideal. But once it is made, bidiavad after the fact, decorated matzah can be used to fulfill one's obligation. The act of making it is forbidden, but eating it is okay. As with many moments in the Talmud, this small point leads to a larger discussion about these matzat srikin, about these decorated matzat. Rabbi Yehuda quotes Baitus ben Zonin, who asked the rabbis about this very question. Why did the rabbis teach? that one may not make decorated matzot on Pesach. They answered him, Mipnei she ha'isha shoha aleha Because a woman who does this kind of work, this kind of delicate decorative work, is probably shoha, delaying. She'll spend a lot of time making the etchings look good, and in the meantime, the matzah will become chametz. Remember, Matzah has to be made quickly. It must be no more than 18 minutes from the moment the grain touches the water until the matzah is out of the oven. And etching shapes onto the matzah is dangerous because it could take too long. Baitus benzonin threw out an alternative to the rabbis. Efsharya Asenah bintfus," But maybe one could make it with a stamp. The decorations would be done with a stamp. It would only take an instant. Well, say the rabbis, but not everyone has a stamp. How can we make a rule based on the fact that some people have a stamp and some do not? For others, it would take way too long, so it shouldn't be permitted. Rabbi Elazar Bart Sadok brings a Ma'aseh shahaya, a precedent based on a visit to the home of the great Rabban Gamliel. He tells that he once visited Rabban Gamliel and heard otherwise. Pa'amachat nichnasti achar abba, Levate Rabban Gamliel. I once went with my father into the home of Rabban Gamliel, and they served him decorated matzot on Pesach. Rabbi Elazar ben Bartzodek asked his father, "I thought this was forbidden." His father explained that only the srikin of nach are forbidden. Only the decorated matzah of the nakhtamin, the professional bakers, is forbidden. Private citizens wouldn't nearly spend as much time making their etchings. Professional bakers, as Rashi explains, would be more concerned with making sure they would sell their matzot, so they might spend too much time making the etchings perfect, and in the process, they might allow their matzah to leaven. Okay. But then the Gemara brings an de Amre, a different variation of the story. In the variant, Rabbi Zadok says the decorated matzah of professional bakers is permitted because they are more likely to have one of those stamps, whereas private homemakers would have been more likely to make the decorations by hand. The private ones would have been more likely to take too long, but the stamp, the innovation of a stamp, would have pre- pre- prevented leavening of the matzah. The private bakers should have their decorated matzot be forbidden. In the end, the Gemara doesn't tell us which variant is accepted, although Jewish law brings down a prohibition on either. Those pe- perforations on the matzah we eat today don't count. They are there to prevent the matzah from blowing up. bloating up. Decorations, however are not permitted to make even with a technologically advanced stamp. The process itself could take too long. But the machloket about the likelihood of leavening at home or with a professional stamp echoes through history, even modern American Jewish history, which is less likely to leaven, the matzah one can make at home, or matzah that one makes in bulk. Brandeis professor Jonathan Sarna presents an amazing lecture entitled How Matzah Became Square, Manischewitz and the Development of Machine-Made Matzah in the United States. In it, he argues that through the mid-19th century, most matzah had been baked by synagogues in their private ovens. By the end of the 19th century, however, matzah making had been spun off from synagogue ovens to independent matzah bakers. The kashrut of these matzah bakers, the matzah made by these new independent bakers, writes Sarna, became a matter of considerable debate, which is really makes for a fascinating lecture. In Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, in in 1862, for example, Orthodox Jews published a public notice warning that a matzah baker named Mr. Simon. Quote, in no wise conducts himself in accordance with the requirements of Jewish law. His matzah is chametz, no better than any other bread bought of any baker. Sarna continues, in the 19th century, with the rise of industrialization, the process of making matzah began to be mechanized, kept to a factory-like 18 minutes. And Jews were divided about whether this process was okay. Some vigorously defended the machine-made matzah, insisting that machine-made matzah was actually more likely to be kosher than the handmade kind because there was less possibility of human error and it would automatically take less than the obligated 18 minutes. But opponents argued that machine-made matzah would actually become a dangerous instrument of modernity, leading inevitably to assimilation, reform, and apostasy. The Gerer Rebbe of Europe actually argued that supporters of the matzah machine sought as their long-term aim to uproot the entire Torah. The history is fascinating. I highly recommend reading that lecture, which is easily found online under How Matzah Became Square, But I especially love the echo back to our sugya. Even back in Mishnaic times, the the technology of making matzah caused questions for the rabbis. At the core, a concern for timing, of course, to prevent leavening, a sense of hidur mitzvah, a desire to make the mitzvah beautiful, and a true sense of sacred awe for the mitzvah itself. No matter what tools, what industrial processes used, the debate highlights our people's commitment to get it right, especially when it comes to such an important mitzvah. Not only in the final product, but in the process itself. The act of making the matzah itself is an act of sanctity, worthy of the greatest consideration, generation after generation, and the debate